1: What's up, everybody? It's your coach. We're back. There's no other way to put this thing, but we are back. Super grateful. Super happy. Super positive to finally be able to say we're back. Season three, season three. A catch of positivity. Positivity is needed now more than ever, more than ever. We need that now. We need to make positivity sexy, sexy again. We need to bring back, man, community, a community of positivity. That's that's what we need. I don't care who you like for president, what music you like, where were you born, what you look like, skin color. We can all use more. Positivity. Please subscribe, rate this podcast. We're on iTunes. Yes, we're on iTunes. We haven't been in iTunes since 2019, but we're on iTunes now. So we're back on iTunes, Spotify, all the classics for you guys. Catching positivity. New intro, got a new look, shout out to the new look, made it more sexier, made it more tropical, this is our summer, a lot of people panicking, when you go effort and attitude, no panicking, please work together, be a team positivity over everything this episode man josh premium Meets. let me tell you a couple things real quick what has me pumped about this dude started ground level started a meat chat who has a meat chat my boy josh started a meat chat from there group wanted more meats more meats he started doing that started providing more meats with charge of interest. Then stored meats at his house. Became a meat dealer for a little bit. Started his meat business. Opened the store. Popped off immediately. Crazy. Corona hit the right time for him. While restaurant shut down, he had, was open. Wagyu beef. Everything in this guy's post looks delicious. If you're hungry, Josh Premium Meats, man. Humble, entrepreneur, still working his regular job because he doesn't want to leave too early. Special guy about being positive, being friendly, being community, helping. All these things is good, good for people to listen. We talk about the Columbus Brotherhood. We talk about family, parents' role, struggles, how he views social, so without further delay a catch of positivity season three episode one with my man josh from josh's premium meats
2: like what are we gonna do about this fucking cubano from the south downtown in south florida putting together the firm with the palm trees behind him he's a monster he's controlling the market
1: three boom we're on what's going on bro every time which has been recent that i've looked at your instagram dude you get me so hungry do you get that from a lot of people do you get that from a lot of people
2: better yet when i first started i didn't do it on a business page i did it on my personal page and people were like brother what's going on you're making me Worried about you. And I'm also very hungry watching your page.
1: Bro, do you get, do you, how often do you eat meat a week?
2: Not as much as I used to. Cause like after all, you know, but I love it. I, I enjoy it. You know, like I eat, I eat a variety of things. I crave pizza, sushi, all the other things. Cause I'm around steak all the time, but I always end up eating a good steak every week for sure. At least one good steak a week.
1: I crave a lot of stuff. What's your favorite type of meat?
2: I would say off the menu, for sure, the picanha. I'm a huge... I like the fattier cuts because that's where you really get to appreciate the, the wagyu, that flavor, that umami taste that they say. Um, so I definitely like the picanha, the ribeyes, and uh, old school churraco. Can't go wrong with churrasco, Dude,
1: that's awesome. So for people I don't know, let me get this straight because I thought wagyu, isn't that... Is that from from Asia, from
2: China? So the word wagyu means Japanese cow. So. Okay. Um, in the early nineties, a lot of, in the early nineties, uh, Japan calls uh, wagyu, they stop all exportation. They call it a sacred animal to their, you know, to their country. And everyone's like, man, like this, this is an incredible breed of animal. How are we going to do it? So a lot of countries started thinking, all right, what if we take the embryo and the sperm of a Tajima, black cows and different Japanese cows. And we use surrogates, surrogates in different countries. And that's how, yeah. And then that's how you started seeing Wagyu spreading and keeping pure blood programs um, throughout the United States and then different parts of Australia and other countries. And then they started doing different like hybrid programs too, because depending on the region, different cows do, you know, perform differently, you know, like for here in the, the state of Florida, it's a very, it's very hard for the cows to gain weight here. So after a certain age and time, we, you know, the cows here in Florida, we send them north to get to the proper size and weight because it's just too hot. They sweat it out. They can't put on the right amount of weight. So depending now, now
1: those kind of cows, you they, is it barley that they eat? Is that what, if I'm mistaken? Is that what they eat?
2: So at these cows, it's it's all grass fed, and then the last like six months, it's about it's different grains and uh, different things that they feed the cow the last six months to mask the gaminess. If not, it tastes like a like a cow that you know it's very gamey. You know, or, or it doesn't marble what it, it doesn't marble the meat the way it should. But, um, but yeah, a lot of it goes into the way that in Japan, unfortunately, they don't really let these cows move much. It's like if you were born and I put you on a couch and I kept right. feeding you and I just right, said, right. relax, I'm going to just feed you. Life's going to come to you on the couch. And right. they don't want them to move because they don't want them to build muscle. They just want them to live a very calm lifestyle, put on proper weight and let these you know just cows just get as you know as big as they can in a very healthy way not you know to kill the animal but you know and and they take pride in that they they do these these different you know parts of japan they they it's a very prideful thing for them
1: you know josh how old what's the lifespan of a wagyu
2: cow um you got to think like the average cow that we're consuming is about two and a half three years old um, all the beef that you consume right now is being forecasted five to six years in advance before you even thought about having a steak um, So it's you know that that's how much goes into the production of beef But the average age is about two and a half years three years old. That's what it all takes. Right. These cows to get their proper size
1: All right, bro. Let's let's go back now to where it started. Okay.
2: Where were we born? I was born here in Miami, Florida year 1987
1: 1987, okay, and then
2: Elementary school? Elementary school. Went to Kenwood Elementary.
1: Okay. Middle school?
2: Uh, it was a mix. I went to, I started at Glades, then I went to St. Thomas the Apostle. And then uh, for high school, I went to Columbus.
1: You went to St. Thomas the Apostle. Look at that. And then Columbus. All right. Now, growing up, any sports, anything?
2: Uh, I wrestled. I, I wrestled in high school for a little bit. And then after that, just. Dedicated to partying and, and just doing my thing on this side. Those no more sports. What weight?
1: What weight did you wrestle? One sixty. One sixty. Was it hard cutting weight? Was that thing hard?
2: In high school, like we were all in shape because you're always playing basketball. You're always running around. You always look at those pictures, like man, like you just had a six pack for no reason. It was just like it was easy.
1: Bro, isn't that crazy, man?
2: You look back and like, I didn't like. Who is that guy?
1: There's a meme out there that says. If you thought you were in bad shape now, imagine what you look like like just five years ago and you thought that was bad shape. And then it's like, trust me, bro, it's 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 just crazy.
2: There's levels to this. Enjoy it. There's yeah, bro.
1: It's it's just crazy. And it's and it's hard to see. There's a couple, there's a couple food dudes that I've seen that are like ripped and shredded. But the majority of them, it's almost like if you don't have a certain look, you're not really like uh like enjoying the food, I guess, or your yeah. job, you know? I mean, that's, that's what always wondered me about Anthony Bourdain. Because he was a pretty lean dude, no?
2: Yeah, he was. He was a pretty lean dude, but... um, I don't know again, if that was the
1: drugs, though. Was that the drugs?
2: <laughs> I, it, again, I think it was a cocktail of things, you know? It yeah. could have been a, a, a bit of things, but at the same time, a lot of these guys, you know, they 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 know how to just, you know, taste and, and enjoy a lot of it without like gluttony involved, you know? For me, it's hard. When I find something I love, I'm just like, like go all in like <laughs> until I'm just like De so. Damn, it's, <laughs>
1: so, you okay? So, wrestling, any state titles, anything? No, right no, no, day? no nothing,
2: not, nothing crazy, nothing crazy. It was just wrestling, staying in shape, and um, and then enjoying my time at Columbus, which played a huge part in my success later in life when I decided to do something like JPM. But we'll come back to that.
1: Why, what do you think, Columbus? man is is so is so successful
2: um i would say that it's a you know a lot of people will say this but it's the brotherhood it's a fraternity at a young age you don't realize that you're joining a fraternity of, of years um of legacies and and so many great people that are actually the people not that you know run this city but a lot of very influential people in all different sectors of business came from columbus so later in life you come to meet these people and they were years before you, but you share that bond and the fact that you're in an interview room or you're at a job and you find out that, Hey, that's another Columbus brother. You instantly have this bond together. And, um, I, I, to me, it's a big deal. Anyone that walks in and wants Columbus, like it's a big deal,
1: dude, when I spoke, look, if you're right, when I spoke at this past year, I spoke to the freshman class and I spoke to the sophomore class. And when I spoke to them, I said, because, you know, in the gym, and I spoke to him in the gym, you know how they have the rafters of the banners of the state titles? I said, the one thing that they should have a, a, a banner here for every single year is that Columbus wins the Brotherhood title every single year, year in and year out, bro. It's just, it's just crazy, man. And it only gets better. The facilities, I don't know when was the last time you were back. Have you seen the baseball
2: field, the football field, all that? It's unrecognizable. Every time I go back to that school, I'm like, like I I look at these kids, I was like, you have no idea how lucky no idea, you are to go to school now. Because like when they I have this no idea here, like not that it was bad, it was never bad, but wow, like I feel this looks like a college. Like yeah, for bro. me, it it looks like you know it was totally different. But um, they're lucky, and I, but we were lucky too because when we were there, it was a different time. You know, now things are it's tougher to be not tougher to be a kid, but it was you know f- cell phones had just come out my freshman year, like. The Nokia with Snake on your phone had just come out. So people really didn't have cell phones. It was not like advanced how it was now. There was no MySpace. There was no uh, Instagram and all that stuff. It was, you know, we got to enjoy a little bit Did you have MySpace? Did you have MySpace? I had MySpace, but MySpace dropped my freshman year in college.
1: How old are you now, Josh?
2: I'm 33. You, so
1: you weren't around the beeper era. That's not you, huh?
2: I was a little young. I was a little young. My parents didn't let me have a beeper. I was, like, too young when that was, like, cool. Too With a clear, yeah. clear case and all that stuff, the beeper codes. and You don't know about that life? You don't know about that 823? I, I missed it by, like, two years. That like, I missed it by two Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, you, bro. Like, all, like, the cool kids knew all the codes, like, older. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So your parents, are you a single only kid you have brothers siblings
2: so I have an older brother and I have a younger sister so I'm the middle I'm the middle child
1: you're the middle one were your parents entrepreneurs what they do for a living
2: so both of my parents uh, worked had their own business and my mom was in a the therapy industry she had her own like home health company and my dad always did like design and manufactured retail stores so like architecture and design architecture so did they go to college here in the United States? My sis, my mom did in Boston. My dad did not. My dad just, uh, you Went know. Went hardcore. Hardcore <laughs> entrepreneur. And still, still so is. that's
1: where you get it from?
2: Both of them. Both of them are, are very, you know, uh, I would say they both, since day one, have always been a, not aggressive but very, like, you know, they're go-getters. They're go-getters, and I got that personality. Um, Some would say it's a killer instinct from your parents that, that, that that just drives you that motivation and and I definitely thank both of them for that because they both have it and they still do my dad's 66 years old and he's retired three times and can't go like keeps going back to work you gotta keep going back to he's, work he's, he bro. just loves to win he loves nice. to win and he likes that that feeling so i uh, I respect him a lot for that
1: dude you growing up your personality. More like your dad more like your mom i'm
2: my i'm totally my dad my dad 100 percent mixed with my grandfather so
1: you guys get along perfectly
2: yeah we look yeah. if you met him you'd be like this guy's like like i'll know what josh is going to look like when he's you know in his late 60s What's so, pops his name his name is george george Jorge. Yeah.
1: Jorge.
2: they call him the bear eloso because El gr- because growing up this guy had more hair all over his body than anyone at a younger age. So, since like early on, they called him the bear, Eloso. And uh, and he still has a full set of hair? No, hey, like, forget about it. He looks like he's wearing a sweater. Like it's no way, just, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he hasn't lost like any hair bear. up top. No, no. He's completely bald up top, but he's got a good beard. And then his whole, like, body is just white hair. So, he looks like a little polar bear now. So,
1: dude, why is that, bro? That we, <laughs> as we get older, majority of us, Lose our hair up top, and then we just start growing hair in weird places, man. <laughs>
2: you you're just all, have, to make, you're there you have to make up for it. to make up for it.
1: Dude. Yeah, I don't know if you started doing the ears. You probably get these weird hair that start growing out of my ears all of a sudden. I'm like, what
2: the hell? No, yeah, yeah. Or like the nose hair that's like connected Bro, to the mustache. And then I see some dudes
1: that rock that nose. I'm like, oh my God, man. <laughs> It is crazy. It's crazy. So you're now, you're in college. Where'd you go to college? Did you oh, go to college? Port State. Florida State. My sister went to Florida State. How is that, bro? Because for typical Cubans, Tallahassee's like Mars, bro.
2: So I I get to Florida State. I'm there for a year and a half. And um my parents are like, Look, you know, you're not you're not achieving the way we thought you were. I was probably a little too um I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to go away. I, I wasn't as disciplined as I should have been.
1: Because um, of the party?
2: I would say just a lot of things, you know, like just First time being on your own. First time learning how to do a lot of things. You know, first time you get sick. First time you have to learn learn how to use an plancha. It's my, I never had to use that, like Any of these Hell things. No. Hell you know, no. like I was like, mom, what do you do? You put water in this thing. Like, it, it, there's just a lot of different things you have to learn. And um, again, I took advantage of being there, but I, I just wasn't. You know, I wasn't getting awesome grades and meeting the expectation of my parents and at the time. It was expensive. It wasn't. You know, it, it wasn't uh, exactly. Oh, so, but I, that's where I, but this, this part's important. So my parents made me get a job while they were there. Cause like, look, you know, it, you got to help us out. You got to put your part, you got to get a part-time job. And I ended up getting a job at the only Cuban restaurant uh, in, in Tallahassee at the time called Gordo's. in Gordo's. The
1: kitchen. In,
2: in the kitchen, in the kitchen, working in the kitchen. And, you know, my mom's always throwing it down cooking. And it, it, to me, I didn't mind it at all. I was like, I'm working in the kitchen. You know, I'm, I'm at the, you're a freshman, sophomore, you're broke. So for me, I was like, I always had food available to me. So it was one less thing I had to worry about spending money on because I always yes, had sir. Cuban food. And my mom would send me care packages and all that kind of stuff. Typical mom, like, but like 30 of them. So you all you got to do is like, just put it, fry it and you're good to go. But um, that's where I got a job. And that's where like it started, like the whole prepping and getting into the culinary world.
1: Did you notice the benefits of being Cuban away from Miami?
2: Of course. Of course. We're unique. We're a unique culture.
1: Um, Oh, bro. It's so crazy here. I tell it to people all the time. I go, listen, man, there's nothing like being Cuban, leaving Miami.
2: No. my, My friends that I would meet in Tallahassee that came from, you know, the south Louisiana or different parts would be like, you guys are so aggressive like you're so intense you're so like yeah. ah, like yeah. you know like everything is like 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 it, it i was just like that's just our culture the way that we are the way that we react like it, it's very um yeah I don't, I don't know very miami very very human. miami bro
1: very Miami. <laughs> and we get this regional miami accent it's like the weirdest thing in the world
2: uh, that we, we stand up we definitely we stand out
1: dude and we get spotted and we see each other when i was in vegas and every time i saw I saw a group of girls or I see some dudes and I heard the, yak. Yeah, I go, I would just watch all these people from Miami. They're from Miami. Watch. And I was right 100% if of the time, If you're from bro. Miami,
2: you can definitely identify other people from Miami. Yeah. It, it, it's, and it's crazy. It, you just, we just, I guess we're just uh, very unique. So
1: That we are, bro. That we are. So Florida State, one year, and then you came back down here.
2: Year and a half. In, came back, went to Miami-Dade. Finished strong at Miami-Dade. I was part of one of their like early bachelor's programs for business. So okay. went went back there and um, kind of you know got my got my shit together, how they say, it. got yeah, my yeah. shit together and um, and that's where I started. At that time, um, I had a really cool job. I was working with my buddy's uncle. I was a yacht broker. So at this time, I was like, you know, it was pretty cool. I was learning a lot around like a bunch of very successful um, business owners. But you know, at that time, I was selling luxury items, which are tough very tough market to be in especially in a recession so as soon as i graduated i um i got i got a headhunter and i was able to get into the medical device industry so that's what i did um my sister's a nurse my mom's always been in physical therapy and my grandparents owned pharmacies in cuba so the medical side was always a, a part of me that i always you know had a desire to do but i didn't want to go to you know nursing school or become a doctor it wasn't it wasn't my thing. School was Correct. never something that I wanted to do for 10, 12 years, nor did I want the debt. So yeah,
1: yeah no, that's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. So what did you learn? I got what you learned from being at that Cuban restaurant in Tallahassee. What did you learn, bro? Brokering yachts, dealing with rich people. What did you learn out of that?
2: Believe it or not, I learned I learned a lot of things I never wanted to be. There was a lot of like deals and moments where I was just placed in situations, and I, I learned and observed things I never wanted to do or be later on in life. And it also made me, um, I needed to toughen up. It gave me sharper uh, negotiation skills, you know, dealing with other sharks. You know, you're a young guy, we think we know it all, and then you're around guys that have been doing this for a long time that that give you quick lessons, and you, you learn quick. So um, I would say that that was, that was something that's like in my later, in my growth in in sales and who I am today, because you you just you got to be sharp. You got to be sharp because if they catch you slipping, it's you know, oh, trouble, the, the, bro. How yeah. many
1: yachts would you sell a year or a month? It wasn't
2: so that? much yachts. I did a couple of open fishermen, more like uh, a couple C V S and um, a couple of intrepids. And, What's the uh, price
1: on that? What's the price on
2: that? anywhere from one hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. Really? So yeah, that was more. I went more that route instead of sending these big lavish ones because those guys you Know you sell one or two every couple of years, you're good, but I to me, I was like, I'd rather keep hitting here in a market where there's more affordable, you know, there's more buyers. And to me, um, I just found those boats to be exciting. And the people I knew at the age that I am at, I was at, right, didn't right, have right. money like right. <laughs> in your mid 20s, you're like, your friends don't have money, right? You're pitching to your friends like parrots or like your friend of a friend, like, or that one friend that's. You know very successful that they're going to change your boat, but you don't have a lot of friends at that age group that are really going to be able to help you. And you know, like, hey, Josh, you know, I need you for a yacht
1: or whatnot. Were you a boating person before?
2: Was your dad have a boat? Yeah, my dad, um, believe it or not, when he was my age, used to race boats, so that was a passion that, um, you know, he's always had boats growing up and um, being around boats. I had a boat before, I had a car at the age of 15. Oh, I wait, had a little. Bro. I had a little flat boat. Yeah, it was a, it wasn't expensive. Um, I probably saved up all my money. It was probably like thirty five hundred bucks, three grand, and to me, it was everything in the world. We'd be in the backyard, always doing things, putting the radio on, and it was when you're fifteen, that's the coolest thing in the world. So we would do that, go wakeboarding, tubing, all that kind of stuff.
1: Joshua, I first time I got on a boat in Miami, and I was born in. I've been here since I was like three years old. Was I think about four years ago? I wasn't coach HP at four years ago. My wife's best friend's husband has a boat, awesome boat. We went out, bro. Awesome time. It was great. We take the boat back in. The guy knows how to maneuver it, has a big, big dually, drives it in, whatever. Bro, everything was awesome till we had to clean the boat.
2: Oh and, no, no, no. It's the worst
1: I, I was like, what? And these guys were happy, pumped, cleaned the boat. And the chicks went all inside to go talk. I go nah, bro. Now I did my part. I'm not really, I'm not good at cleaning. I kind of acted a little bit, and they let me use the hose, so they felt sorry for me. I go never <laughs> again, unless yeah. it's for work or some for fun, going out on a boat and then cleaning it for like 30 minutes on. Not, not doing that.
2: It, see, if you're sober and you're cleaning it, you're fine. when it's when you've had a long day and you're like, oh my god, we still gotta clean the boat, we gotta flush it, we gotta do all these things. That's the part you're like, man. It feels nice to just go to Marina, leave it there, leave it know, there, and, bro, and, oh. and put it in the wash program. And <laughs> thank you.
1: I've never drank before, bro. So I would be the sober dude there, stuck <laughs> I the don't thing, believe you know. me for a second. Never, I never. swear to God, I've never, I've never drank <laughs> I, in my life. I've never taken drugs. I'm telling you, I swear to God, you have never drink. I've never. T- the only time I taste alcohol is when I've kissed girls. That I've drank, but ask anybody you know about. Me. I don't I swear. believe it. I don't believe I, I swear to God.
2: I got. It. I need references. I don't believe you'll me. get it, dude. I'm You're telling you. me why i right now. I don't believe you. Never, <laughs>
1: never. I've never tasted alcohol in my life, bro. Believe it or not. What, you
2: sublimity, learning? sublimity, you
1: sublimity? water. No, <laughs> sublimity, bro. My dad, I think, is an was an alcoholic, and since that didn't turn out so good for him and what he did. I understand. I just in a weird way. No, no. In a weird way, I think I associated with that. And I think in Hollywood and in Vegas, I didn't grow more because of that. Because when people start getting into the party stuff and whatever, I I I wasn't part of that. So I think people kind of pushed me away. And it just is what it is. But no, bro, I've never drank before. Nothing against people who drink, I care less. But I just I'm an oxymoron, bro. I'm all tatted. I look like if I've done stuff, but I'm totally the opposite,
2: bro. I'm I'm
1: undercover, very cool, nice guy, you know?
2: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. And that's a good excuse, you know? I definitely um, can connect with that in many ways personally. So I definitely understand how you, like, subconsciously just, like, block that. And you're, like, you don't desire it whatsoever because... Bro, because I'm an
1: extremist, man.
2: And and you attach it to, like, a pain, something, uh, something negative that... For whatever reason, you put it like you put it in the same drawer of like, do not kill, do not steal, do not this, yeah, don't yeah, drink. Yeah. For whatever reason, it's like the one thing yeah. you don't want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, bro. And being sober, listen, being sober for forty-one years for my entire life has his ups, but it has his downs too. You know, um, there's nothing like being a little tipsy, and I, I, I never feel that like because I'm on a, like a natural high myself always. But I don't tell me, you know, I'm not, I'm not like woo like crazy, but I'm always in like happy, chill mode. So I don't like, but I I wish I would have. So I would have, I get enjoy stuff a little more, but bro, it is what it is. So now you're pharmaceutical sales or medical sales.
2: No, it's a, it's a medical device and supply company. Yeah. So I was there um, and I'm still there actually, believe it or not. Um, I'm still there seven and a half years strong.
1: Okay. So. So you're doing that. This is now where we get the fun part. You're doing that. You're selling your supplies. You're making good money. Living on your own already. You're still with the parents.
2: No, I moved out. I was able. This job was a blessing. It gave me everything I needed to to find my own little first house, and and move out and take on this project. You know, first homes are, are a big deal. This was a fixer upper for me. So um, yeah, living on. Yeah, my yeah own.
1: I got you. I got you. Say it again, cause we I lost you there. Go for it.
2: So this the medical device company actually gave me everything I need. It was a blessing because it gave me everything I needed to. know buy my first home and and it was a fixer-upper so i had to as you know remodels leave you or your cash poor. but (laughs) it's the best but in that in that whole struggle is where jpm starts to develop because um at the time we're doing a remodel me and my girlfriend we love you know going to a nice restaurant all stuff but you can't do it often when you're in a remodel hold on
1: favorite restaurant
2: Favorite restaurant? I would. It's. I love steakhouse. Red, I like Red Steakhouse. Red Steakhouse is one of my favorites. Red Steakhouse. Yeah, Red. Red. Where's that? Red, on the beach. It's on South beach? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Red. Um, they're great. Prime One Twelve is great. There's some great. Who's steakhouse. better,
1: Red or Prime One Twelve?
2: Depends what you're going for. It's a good tie, but um, I don't know. It, it depends what you're going for and the scene.
1: Okay, so what what am I going for at Red? I would say Red.
2: Uh, to make it easy, I'll go with Red. I like Red.
1: What do you order there?
2: Um, I've I it, it take turns, but I've had lamb chops, I've had the, the ribeyes, tomahawks you name it. Everything is amazing. If
1: you could have one meal there. What do you have
2: going with the ribeye? The ribeye, huh? Yeah, uh, all day. What,
1: uh, what do they call it? What, uh, what cooked what medium rare? Medium, oh, medium over?
2: rare. I, I'm I'm like rare plus, like if I, a good veterinarian can nice. bring it back, my like, guy, yeah, like the I like to taste it like. I'm bloody. I love it.
1: Medium rare, dude. I yeah, I, I went to on Sunday for fathers that went to Perry's.
2: Great restaurant. Great, great for restaurant. The, it's Perry's to me has become. I don't know. Is it? Is, can you say it's like almost like the new Hillstone because it's got that vibe that people love. The food's great. The price points affordable for two people, um, and you're in Merrick Park. You're not Thank left you. in downtown. You're not left in. It's central. It's a beautiful place to walk and wait for your table. I love it, and the pork chops on Fridays, pork chops on Fridays are killer. Yeah, you think I work there, but no, I'm showing I'm, no. I'm them my love. I, I just, I, I, love is, I love it.
1: I love it. I, I first ate at Perry's. I had spoken in Grapevine, Texas, and they took me out to a Perry's there. That's the I reason. was like, bro, this is pretty cool. And then it showed up here, probably like last year, I think so.
2: Well, you got, to think, in Texas is where they started, and they grew big in Texas. Yeah, and the bro. reason that they had to stay in Texas because they were like, all right, we want to grow. But how are we going to be able to source and, and you know, do the whole distribution outside of our home of Texas? And that's where they were able to figure it out and started expanding to other markets. And um, Perry's is awesome. They actually have a very unique product on their menu, bone in filets. Can't really find that everywhere. So for people that like filets, this one's bone, you know, a bone in, which is I hard to that. find. I had that. it's delicious i find it to be a very good cut
1: so what what meat gives you the most bang for your buck because i got the bone in one it was bigger but it feels smaller for some reason i don't know because i'm eating it with rice and beans i feel like um, uh uh gives me more or churraco
2: oh you you gotta think because like the tenilo and the fillets um, it's a very, uh, it's very sought out for. It's a very expensive piece of meat because it's tenderness. So you get smaller portions, you know, and Got you it. have to pay more money. So there are different, you know, they're they're called primal cuts. So if it's an off primal cut, then you get probably get more, like churraco. They'll probably give you twelve to sixteen ounces. They right. won't do that with a filet mignon. No, they'll no. lose us.
1: <laughs> Where's your favorite churraco place to eat?
2: Favorite Churaco. Um Damn, it's. I'll be honest. Not, not for anything in the world. I don't eat churraco out much because like I just don't order steak when I go out much because like, we're just around the. Because that's all you eat? It, that, or, or I cook it at home. Um, but I would say a churraco, my favorite. Uh, Nuevo, oh, no. I, there's a little no ranchos spot or something. Rancho's has a, they're pretty good. A okay. Little like baby or the regular one, yeah, yeah. good. Um, and Novillo has a good churraco. Novillo, all right.
1: And all right.
2: then, um, and then I go to this little spot that it's an Argentina It's called La Nueva Argentina. On 97th and Sunset.
1: I've heard of that place. Nine, right?
2: Yeah, it's a little spot, and it's just, you know, everyone there takes care of you. They know you by your first name. Yeah, yeah. And, and you get, like, the whole parrilla, like, the sachicha. You get the whole thing. The whole party. Yeah, for sure.
1: Dude, we start getting the idea. How in your brain do you ever think of getting into the meat world? How does that start?
2: So I'll give you the... All right, so let's go back. we building the house, me and my girlfriend go to dinner, and we're just, the next morning we wake up, and we're just like, holy shit. Like, that dinner last night was amazing. Like, like the steaks that we ordered, I think it was like a Wagyu special. Where'd you, I where'd you eat? It was at Red, it was at Red. And Red, some, okay, Red. And they had some crazy special, and I'm just like, this is insane. And I was like, I can't drop, you know, three, 400 bucks at dinner, you know, all the time, because everything's just expensive, but how could I be able to, how can I source this stuff to cook it at home? And, you know, I've gone to Graziano's, I've gone to all these other places, and I don't mean to name drop any, they're all amazing steakhouse, yeah, and, of course. you know, pro- providers, and I've gone to all these places, but I never found any of these things that were, like, exotics, exotic cuts, um, that I would always see on Instagram, and these chefs using, um, so uh, to me, I was just like, man, like, where can I use, and so that's where it led me to start looking online, and I found a lot of mediocre beef before I found some insane stuff, um, and it was just me searching for better options and I went to my local butchers I went to a couple shops I was like how come you don't have this like or how can I order and they're like Josh look we can order but it's not really you know our clientele is not looking for that and these cases can be anywhere from three to seven thousand dollars and if we don't have the clientele we can get stuck on that and we'd rather invest in our money in products that move here so I completely understand why a lot of these you know local butcher shops wouldn't offer it Um, and respectfully so I, I agree they're in business to make money not sit on product that they're not gonna sell. Of course. So that's what led me to start my, my search online and seeing you know, who are the importers and where's this stuff coming from. And I started buying in New York and then um, not the reference drugs, but the drug game in the sense of like, where is it coming in from? So the closest shipping point was in LA from Japan and a lot of these areas. So I started realizing that the further west I got, the better the pricing got, You know, as far as different things um, at the time, again, Things change now um, because Wagyu has just become so big in so our popular. culture. But earlier, you're going back like three and a half years. You know, even that doesn't sound too long ago. But three and a half years ago wasn't what it is today. So I end up finding some really good stuff, and when I I try it, I'm I'm trying it with one of my good friends, George Prendis, and uh, another buddy, Squints, and we're like, holy shit! It's one of those things that I tried that I I don't know if you ever tried something that you just want to tell everyone you love about this experience because you're so happy and i was like man this is the best steak i never thought that the best steak i'd ever have would be on a you know my little 80 dollar grill grill like weber on the backyard i thought it would be like a fine like in vegas where you used to work by chef george some crazy but it bro wasn't. let
1: me tell you look, look if you're right i had the first, only time i've had wagyu beef in my life was at yellowtail in the Bellagio. okay it's uh it's asian style bro they would serve slices they would be cut up like that the wagyu beef with this delicious mashed potato bro and that those little slices were like 150 bucks bro it was crazy yeah it tastes delicious they're like butter bro like
2: i call it steak marshmallows i tell you they're like steak marshmallows crazy and 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 you know what it's good that they do a small portion because when it is japanese wagyu it's very um it's very rich in taste and a little bit goes a long way, kind of like with dark chocolate cake or a very rich cake that you don't need to have a whole like a little bit. And you're like, wow, that was great. I don't need any more because if not, you you will you will feel sick or like I've eaten a whole piece. And I'm like, I think my clo- my, my arteries are clogged. I'm not even kidding right really? now because <laughs> it's just so much. It's, it's like eating a bunch of chicharrón, like, But yeah. it's all fat, <laughs> but um, it's delicious. It's the most incredible steak in the world. Um, nice. but with reason when you go to restaurants, they give it to you in four to six ounces.
1: Okay, okay. So you notice you're like, wow, I think I got some here. I like this thing. That curiosity, what else
2: keep me so, keep doing? So, so, coach, you know what? Um, I never it never started with the intention to make money. It really I liked to grill and I was just seeking better options, local options, stuff that I could source. Um, I couldn't find it locally, so I started sourcing online. I would order it, stock up my freezer. I, start, I didn't start telling like all my friends. And I threw a barbecue at my house. Two of my friends came by that weren't there the first time. They're like, holy shit. They're like, the next time you order, I want in. So the group got to like 10 guys. And we're just, at this time, we were just ordering and we we're just splitting the shipping. And 10 grew to like 20. And before you don't, we're at 50. And all the shipping mm-hmm. was coming. Yeah. We're in, it's a group chat. Everyone's talking. Oh, I'm going to try this new style. Then you try it's this. It's like fantasy
1: put, meats. Is that a
2: fantasy sports but, fantasy meat? <laughs> it's just like, it, it's just like a group, like, you know, guys that love to grill and we're just collaborating and talking about, look, I put butter. I didn't like it. I tried this. And have you tried that? And it was awesome. But the problem was that my, the, the shipments will get in on Fridays and my fridge was select. My girlfriend was like, what are you doing? Like, Half your friends orderarder your yeah, like, you put this on your credit card happy friends don't even pay you back on time and you're just like like you're ordering all this stuff for these people and I was like it's for the chat you don't get it it's for the we chat, the chat. Yeah. like it, it's it's a lifestyle and and I tell a lot of people <laughs> that this is look you you know anyone can go open up a shop or an online store and all that stuff but the passion you know like the the lifestyle this this they're really it's real you know, I did this because I truly love every single item on my menu. Um, and I enjoy it. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy being in our backyard and in the pool and, and not having to, you know, give up quality because I'm not at a restaurant. I could still bring quality to our lifestyle in our backyard, you know, where you make the best memories with your family. La no, it's a vibe. It's a vibe.
1: Boy, it's a vibe. it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Okay. So you're doing that. At what point do you go? All right. I'm going to go all in on this thing, or so, I'm going to start going out on this.
2: So it didn't even happen, like a switch. I was like, all right, guys, look, hey, this is this shit's consuming me. I'm at my other job. I, I'm going to put a handling fee on this. And they're like, brother, whatever you got to do, just don't stop getting the meat. So I was like, all right, handling fee. And then the head, and then it, like. No
1: everyone, wonder you mentioned drug dealer.
2: You're like, <laughs> you're a meat dealer. <laughs> no, no. My, and, and I, this is all coming from my house, in my garage with, like, these two, like, college, like, refrigerators Oh my and, god! And, and, and all these guys are in nice cars all this stuff and they're pulling in and out in and out in and out of my house and, on a weekend when everyone's like well oh, the meets in let's go to Josh's my neighbor's like what the hell's going on what's this going guy's, on here bro no no, no this guy's doing something you know hey, the, 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 the nosy neighbor's always like what's that guy up to yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. so that's how it starts I put a handling fee and then <laughs> the handling fee just turned into okay what was the so, handling
1: fee what was the handling fee
2: it was it was a small percentage it was nothing it was just really nothing? just because a lot of the time like i was like accruing interest on my credit card and a bunch of other things and and it was consuming me it was i had like an outlook spreadsheet of who ordered what what they're responsible for how much their shipping was um and i didn't care because if at the time it didn't bother me i I was
1: oh it's fun it's fun i get to me i I
2: was like man i'm i'm able to give someone experiences that they would have never had like we created something special people I was not hooked, but every time someone tried it and they're like, Josh, this is the best steak I've ever had in my life. No joke. The best steak I've ever had in my life. And it wasn't anything crazy. It could have been a $25, you know, like or it could have been something small. That was like, wow, like this is like, everything we're doing is worth it because we're, we're creating nice. some sort of, you know, we're not selling a meal. We're in the essence, we're providing an experience that, you're going to have at home and anyone can have it. It could be the mailman. It could be me. It could be you. It didn't matter where you put at home. So that were, you know, that started happening. And then at that point I was like, all right, um, you know what, if I'm going to be, if I have to do this, um, and every time that people would order their cousins or their uncle, someone was with them and it just kept growing. It didn't stop. Like the momentum just kept going, going on going. So that's what led me to be like, all right, I'm going to come up with a little menu. And it started getting to people. I didn't know that's how Josh Premium started because at This point, I wasn't just selling to my close friends with a handling fee, this was getting to people I didn't know, and and you know, I totally appreciate the support. But that's where Josh Premium started with a small little menu, and I was just grinding. I just a side it was a side job. Um, and in the beginning, it was just to support my meat habit, it was just like right, it was, right, I make enough money, it was enough money that I basically had steak. I was making money that I could eat all the like the best steak in the world for free, and then it got bigger, and obviously then you start. But um, that's was my intention. I was like, man, if I could do this, so enough this steak to just order all the shit that I want, it was worth it.
1: At what point did you move out of the house with the uh, with the meat?
2: I probably stayed way too long because it was so easy. Um, but I had reserved, I would say earlier for like a year and a half I stayed at the house like selling out of the garage and, and um, I didn't have any employees it was just me um, I used uber actually as my delivery service nice I would uh because I, at the time I was like how am I gonna be able to get to everyone um, a lot of people wanted delivery so I would just put it in the uber and send you the link and hey you're watching your uber driver and they would pay for it and no one cared because it was being delivered Right. Um, again, none of this stuff is none of this stuff is, you know, you shouldn't do this stuff at your house, you shouldn't do it, but again that was, listen, I never, you gotta
1: start somewhere, bro you shouldn't start a band in your garage but you never know that band becomes metallic you know, or something I, like that, you know what I'm saying? I,
2: I, I was like the cake lady or the cupcake lady or like you know, all, all the people that start at their house um, I wanted, you know I was able, I was lucky enough to get a following and, you know, clientele that I was able to support to get a store like a little storefront
1: Listen, Josh. Have you ever heard of a bakery called Portos Bakery?
2: Portos, I I, I haven't heard of okay. it, but
1: P R O P O R T O Portos Bakery. Okay, Raul Porto, my boy Raul. Shout out to Raul. They have about I think four or five bakeries in California. Wow, okay? Okay. the third biggest Cuban community is in Glendale, California. It's Miami, New Jersey, Glendale, California. His mom, his grandma, check this out, after school would make cakes, Cuban cakes, merengue, whatever we eat there, out of her basement. She starts, people start coming over like they're doing with you right now. Coming over, selling, 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 selling. Bro, this dude has a two-story bakery in Burbank. That'll drive you crazy, bro. The that's city of it. Burbank gives him a tax break. Okay? He built one in Downey. That's a monstrosity. Forbes did a fucking article on this guy. My man is loaded. Family that's, owned.
2: That's an awesome story.
1: You know what I'm saying? So, And it's the best concept. Look at this concept. Ready? Cuban food outside of Miami with non-Cuban customers. And not Cuban employees. The best. The best. The people are going to, you know, Cuban started. Hey, it's it a while. I don't see. But I don't see Miami no. mejor. No, Nobody man, complains,
2: bro. No, no one complains Nobody there. Because you stand out. You're different. You brought something to, a, you know, a different region of this country. And they absolutely fell in love with it. And it's good. No. How, how many people come to visit Miami and fall in love with our culture and our food? I think, again, we'll go back. Miami is a very unique place. 100%.
1: And, and, 100%. That's part of the that's part of the magic here. But so I do get,
2: embrace, I do embrace the garage. No, don't think I don't. I, no. I, I really do. I. There's days I'm at work now, and I'm just like, man, like I. Those days, I, I you think back and you just appreciate it. You appreciate how simple things were and how easy, you know, it was compared to being a business owner now and and so much different things. But I definitely appreciate those days, and we, I, you know, it, it's it was the foundation. It really was the foundation. The hustle.
1: You moved out of the garage because your chick was like, listen, dude, we're done with this garage thing. You were getting, it was, it was already being with the neighbors, getting all weird, or you just said, you just want something organized. We don't got to deal with problems anymore.
2: Okay. So it was, a, it was a mixture of things. It was one, I wanted to provide a setting that was, a uh, that was just a little bit easier to conduct business. Cause you're coming to a house. It, it was, I felt like I was selling weed cause you're like popping right. hey, you guys would show up at my house at 10 o'clock. I'm like, Hey Josh. Uh, I I'm sorry I'm here, but oh, I, I'm hungry. What do you have? I'm like, bro, this is not a cafeteria. Like, this is my house. Like, it's your house. Dude. You They're like, you don't want churaquito for me? This That's is not raised pizza. <laughs> raised pizza. It's They're open like, twenty four you know, hours. I go pequeño. I just want to, I'm like, all right, bro. Give me ten minutes. Let me get my clothes on. I'll go outside. You get like, it was funny. It was. Oh yeah, like, would
1: you put on like a doily and everything into the no, thing? <laughs>
2: I happen to serve you. No, no. I, it, no it was just it would I, you would see the garage open and then I'd walk out, it's like little Godito like, all right, what do you want? It Maybe the a meal with hey, the no, shorts no. and the
1: sandals, Columbus P E shirt. Here you go, bro.
2: Yes, but you'd open I'd open these two garage these two like um what's called, refrigerators and you'd be like, Holy shit. Cause then you're like these h- shitty little refrigerators inside, you're like, This is Heaven. the most crazy beef Heaven. in the world. Heaven. Yeah, so you're like, I don't know what I want, I want it all. And I'm like, oh, right, come on, it's 10 o'clock at night. So, to answer your question, it just started. Um, I was there was, a, there was a lot of people that I didn't know, and they're all good people, but I just didn't want to bring that to my house. And then, um, and that was early, you know, this year, actually in February, where I was just like, all right, starting it. So, I find a place, and, and then COVID hits, which luckily I had found the place before COVID place and, and I was able. I already had a home, and I opened up a little, you know, shop. Um, right. Nothing fancy. It was an emergency shop in the sense of like opening it up. Um, we didn't get more of this done or anything. It was just like these simple tables, tablecloths. We got some registers and um, and I opened shop. I opened shop with my one of my good friends, Patrick, and my mom. It was literally us three holding it down, and and since I'd say March to now. We now have another three employees. My uncle works with us, and our two cousins. So when you come to Josh's Premium Meats, it's not just Josh; it's Josh's family. Because you meet my, my uncle, own. my cousin, my aunt. It's the whole fam, and and you see the, the you see the the, the dynamics. Yeah, the yeah, dynamics. I mean, my mom is a shark. She feeds you the ninety three octane from the minute you walk yeah. in. Yeah, like, yeah, she's great, and she loves to be around me because she she just likes to like. She picks up everything I say. So all the knowledge, all the things about steak, when I start talking about intermuscular fat distribution and the different marble scores and prefixtures and different things that I just want to talk to someone about, because they'll ask us, like, what's the difference between you and this person, this company, or this product between this, my mom loves it, consumes it. So that she can say it when I'm not around to customers,
1: to customers that dude, that is awesome. Are you scared working with family, bro? Do you get worried, like, bro, if this thing gets fucked up or people start fighting each other, look, it's for Maragi. Do you ever think about that?
2: You know, you know, I, I, there's so much love and, and respect for each other that, yeah, like, obviously you're not working. Working with family, the thing is that there's so much emotion tied to everything. So whether, you know, it's work related or the way that you, I, we have a good dynamic. Right now we have nice. a good company. We're nice. still a young company. Ask me in a year. I don't know. <laughs> right now we're still young and everyone has their strengths. Because, like, my uncle's really good with, like, the tech stuff, the computer stuff, and anything that has to do with, you know, the online world and, and just technology. My mom is an amazing saleswoman. My cousins are great, you know, as far as getting the job done, like, heavy lifting. Everyone has their own specialty, and, and the store is just very unique. And with them, you know, all together, like, that's what makes JPM. and And that nice. that's cool, like, service. Like, it's not just, like, buying something online. You don't meet them they don't talk to anyone there's no connection to the company here if anything ever goes wrong you come back we'll take care of you and we're always going to be here to serve you
1: dude that's awesome bro all right so describe the vibe at the at the store can you eat there or you just buy
2: no no there's no eating it's a like we basically provide you walk in um you don't see any meat yet our new store you're going to see the meat you know the cases and all that stuff there's a little menu kind of like when you go to the sushi places a la carte menu and you're going to okay you just select what you want. And then everything is already pre-portioned, cryo so that, and and we do portions for two. So nothing that is an abundance of, you know, if it's just you and your chick, there's no need to, unf- you know, have a pack of four pounds of churraco. Most people just eat, you know, a pound, pound and a half. Right. And everything comes vacuum sealed. And the reason we do that is because we know that in Miami, people pivot very quickly. So if I give it to you already vacuum sealed, ready to freeze, but I gave it to you fresh, so you take it home, change your plans. You know what? We're not gonna grill today or tomorrow. Put it in the freezer. It's perfectly safe to go in the freezer. And and that's how we've done everything, all of our products. So and, and what makes us different is we're fresh. We sell mo- the majority of our products are cut fresh and you buy them fresh.
1: Fresh means not frozen. The, not frozen.
2: Yeah. So the stuff frozen. is air flown in, not fresh, uh, not frozen, which is a very hard business concept. Because you have to turn over. You have to you're you, you gotta are, move, you gotta move you, me. You gotta you, move it's me. all about volume. In in the beginning I didn't do that. It was all pre-orders. You know, I when when it was all my friends on the garage, I did pre-orders and I ordered an extra inventory for the guys that always missed the cutoff.
1: Josh, are so are you still working in the medical sales also? I am, I am doing it. That's a humble part, bro, because where young entrepreneurs, where people mess up is they get excited with the meats. They're like, "Oh, this is going good." They leave all reliable, and then now you're in some else. You know, do you think about leaving the medical sales?
2: The thing is, you know, and, and I sat down with my dad, and we smoked some cigars, and we talked about this oftentimes. And I talked about him. He's been in si- similar situations where you know I was, and um, I think it. I think you in in decisions like this in your life. You need to surround yourself with good advisors. Good advisors, people that have wisdom. Hold on one like, second,
1: Josh. Hold on, hold on. What's the name of the dog that's barking back right there? Torito. Torito. Hey, Toro. What kind he, of, he's 14
2: pounds, but he's a, hey, he's a Brussels Griffon. His name's Toro.
1: Listen, bro. Let me tell you about Brussels Griffon, my man. I adopted this. I rescued in Las Vegas, bro. Brussels Griffon. <laughs> I uh, love him. I love Dude, him. the best, because I wanted a dog like uh, from as good as it gets
2: yes that's why i got it that's so why I they got the had
1: plan. him and i named them felix they had <laughs> him in the show the cutest nicest dog in the world bro my ex-chick kept him oh. because she just
2: you didn't get that station right that, <laughs>
1: no i'm married now bro and they don't fly now but and he's and he's he lives in the other states but Dude, that those dogs are the best, man. Shout out to
2: Felix. Russell. Shout out
1: to Felix, bro. <laughs> bro, oh, my, you broke my heart there with Felix and Toro. Okay, total. so, so you're. you're All right, doing so I'm that. sitting
2: with my pops, and, and uh, real quick, I didn't mean to cut you off. So I'm sitting with my no, pops, no, no. and I'm like, look, you know, like this is going well, and it's my passion. But at the same time, look, things started really taking off um, once we opened the store. But the store opened during COVID you know, when everything else slowed down, meaning like restaurants and whatnot. So for me... It was like a
1: perfect timing for you
2: in a weird way. In a weird way, I found myself standing in the right place at the right time because I had already built, you know, a good enough following that when people, you know, when when COVID hit and everyone was looking for food, they're like, Josh, I need steak. I need steak. And then at that time, I was already set up to be able to take that volume. And, you know, we, we had the first week of COVID over, over like 2,000 people at the store in one week. I had I, I wasn't even set up for that. I was on a yellow notepad taking orders outside with, you know, me and my, I had to call my closest friends. I was like, Danny, Roman, like, I need you guys. Like come through, help me Tírate
1: out. bro. I need you.
2: I, I, I told him, I was like, I am drowning. I need you. I need you like right now, please. And all my, like, and I've always helped them out and they're like on the way, I got you. And, and that's how it was. Like, Friends and family had to come help us, and we started, you know, little by little, just every week getting better. And but yeah, I haven't been able to leave the other job because it's one. I'm good at it. I've been doing it for seven years. It's 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 a part of me. And um, two, like I told you earlier, it's given me everything I've ever wanted. You know, but it's difficult to be in two places at the same time, and to be good at two things at the same time, because when you're really good at one you feel like you're neglecting the other. And when you right. you feel like you're neglecting and if you know, if you're, <laughs> and then you still have to be a, a you know, a son, uh, a boyfriend, uh, a friend, you know, you, you have a lot of responsibilities outside of just being a business professional. So between all of that, it consumes you. It's a lot, it's a lot to handle. But right now I've been able to do it because of the team that I have, my mom and my uncle, um, they hold it down at the store and I'm able to, they allow me to, they give me that flexibility when I need to be away from the store. Uh, and, but, but yeah, I still manage both right now.
1: Salmon roll, bro. I'm telling you, that's big. That's huge. All right. So now you mentioned the Corona stuff. That's when I first started becoming aware of you. I saw all of a sudden our boy Omar Degado becomes Chef Boyardee all day and he starts cooking. And I he see was throwing him, it
2: down. Like, no, but cooking every day, like and, and every everything day from the so like high reached- end to like grilled cheese.
1: Dude, <laughs> I reached out to him. I go, bro. First of all, I'm going to put you on my show. Second of all, I I go, I like what you're doing, man. I like this mix of you, whatever. And then other buddies of mine started getting the meats also. And everybody talking awesome about it. So I was a dude. I liked it. I saw your social. How are you approaching social media? Let's talk about that. Now you're in at a position where you have famous people getting food from you and stuff like that. How's that process? are you treating every customer the same? Are you trying to give like, look, uh, i give this person a shout out because it's this person. What's your model. How do you view social?
2: Um, I would say that, uh, social play is social is big, you know, and and Instagram gave us a a free platform to build on. And, um, the name of the game is content. Being able to provide, uh, good, attractive content that your consumers want to see and being able to also connect with them. Um, and not that we at JPM created this, but in Miami, a lot of people like to, um, they like to show their lifestyle. They, and we wanted to create that platform. So in the beginning, I, I would tell my customers, I was like, hey, when you cook your steak, send me a picture. I'm gonna put you up on my, on my story and I'll tag you barbecue chef. And it'd be, I would, it didn't matter if it was a female or male, I was coach HP. So I put up your picture Thank you, Barbecue Chef Coach HP. And people were like, oh, man, I'm, I'm on his page. It was cool. But I kept pitching to the same, like, 1 to 2,000 followers. So I was like, how am I going to grow? Like, I keep pitching to the same guys. But how am I going to expand out of this circle? I need to that overlapping. And then it simply was just me asking my clients, like, hey, if you don't mind posting on your story, tag me so I can repost you. And and then from there, it was a simple um. It's a validation that's not from me, but from your friends, and you people you trust, it. buddy. People you trust. So, so, it, it, and then people are like Josh, I keep seeing your stuff. Like, or, or they would tell me, okay, like, hey, I've seen your stuff all over my friends' feeds. I need to try this out, apparently, because all my friends are posting it." And, and that's how it really just organically happened. And the celebrities mostly came from friends that were plugged in, and they're like they would, they're like, I got you. I'm going to help you out. Like we never, when you're, I was a small company. We don't have that kind of money to drop to pay these guys thousands of dollars and all that stuff. Like right, for right, me, right. They, even if they didn't post it, as long as I got a picture with them, I was like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Like this is cool. Like this guy's like bad Bunny's holding my steak next to him. Like what is like, who the hell gets bad Bunny to hold a freaking Tomahawk next to him? But like, let her on a picture boy, I need you to hold this big piece of meat and hold it next to me. Like, Was that. it you
1: that told him or he just did it himself?
2: I asked him. I was like, hey, you mind if we do the signature picture? He's like, vamos, let's go. Vamos de la mano.
1: Let's go. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, at the end, in I owe, by the way, I owe a lot to my good friend Kirk, who's always plugged me in with that guy. So, uh, you know, big, big thing. What is Kirk, a guy.
1: manager? Uh, so,
2: Kirk works with uh, David Grumman in the Live group. So, he's, nice. he's worked a lot with them in the nightlife. And um, me and him have been best friends since we were 12 and he's wait, definitely bro. yeah so columbus again, guy too? columbus columbus guy too and um again the circle my circle from columbus my good friends it all comes together in in the success and people helping you and doing right by others and they help you so
1: joshua what's your favorite type of music
2: uh r&b r&b i like r&b i'm not like the, the romance Chris brown area. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, but I like it. I like, I, I like Spanish music, too. Reggaeton. I'm big at reggaeton, and I like R&B, and I'd say yeah, a little Chris bit... Chris Brown is your guy, huh? Chris Brown. I like The Weeknd. I'm a big Weeknd fan. The Weeknd fan, huh?
1: How are you approaching social now? Are you... Th- the genius idea of tagging people on your story, that was awesome. What's next? What Are are you stopping there? Are you thinking now? N-
2: no, no, no. So now, now it changes, because now you're like, all right, so... People are posting us, and the page mm-hmm. is growing. But we need to we need to take it another level. We need to continue doing more. And, so and what do you think? So we're thinking um, there's more platforms than just Instagram. We think you know YouTube channels are definitely the way to go. And starting campaigns.
1: Do and you have in- a YouTube
2: channel? So that's the next step. We're going to start the YouTube channel um, and collaborating with chefs. And in this world, instantly, in the last like three four months. Because of what we're going through has become fully like everything comes to you in the sense Uber Eats, Postmates, content, uh, people teaching you. It, it all existed, but now it's it's bigger than ever. So I want to collaborate. I'm going to give you my advice.
1: OK, I'm going to give you a little two cents, bro. You're already winning. You're already crushing it. But my goal is to I know you love the sales, medical sales, but my goal is to retire you from that. And you do, you're do you 100% a Carnicero. a Carnicero de Miami. So what I would do is you start that YouTube channel. Yes, you start featuring chefs. I love that idea. Consistency. Remember, let's say you find, bro, I mean, knock on wood, you might find a million chefs and you're set. You just, hey, this guy, this guy, this guy, right? But till then, what are you going to do when no chefs are available or can come on? If you start just sharing your story, listen, guys, today on Tuesday, I'm going to talk Tomahawk Tuesday, sirloin Saturday, a yep. hey, filet mignon Friday, biggest mistakes people do with meats, biggest misconception about meats, the biggest waste of money when it comes to meat. Why do I air dry? Why do I buy this vent? Guys, I'm going to do refrigerator reviews. Listen to me. Refrigerator reviews. Listen, guys. So I've been packing now for the time. Let me tell you what refrigerator works. This is all stuff you know, bro. It's true. You don't have to. You don't have to invent anything. You the A dude' biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball was uh started doing bad reviews at Boys and Girls Club. I did a back called the Rawlings Prodigy. Who knew that Rawlings would come to me after and become the first ever influencer to do Rawlings, bro. I got like five Rawling gloves, baseball gloves. I got my own logo on it, bro. That's bad. I get paid to, that's going to be you because you're speaking your truth. And, it, and you might say, listen, I like this kind of meat, but then this is your budget. Listen, this is your thing. You're going to cook it at home. Then you can get into barbecues. Come on, bro. We we just can't stop.
2: No, no, no. It, it, it's endless in the opportunities. And that's where I think that YouTube allows us to to really just capture more than just 60 seconds, you know, and really you can put your personality and your perspective, your opinions, and so many different things and create whether you're with a chef or you're not with a chef, whether I'm at home when I want to just do it with my dad. Like, hey, me and my dad are gonna talk today about you know That's things. perfect, bro. And and I think that I think that the world connects more now with more mom-and-pop than corporate companies. I think that people like that genuine, you know, just vibe and, and being able to associate themselves with someone that is more realistic than something so we very got corporate. The YouTube.
1: So we got the YouTube. Then we're going to grab that interview. You and Pops. When you talk to Pops smoking the cigars, is it in your house or his house?
2: Um, it's most of the time it's at his place because he lives in Hollandale. And he lives right there on the beach, so for me, it's like I get to go over there and hang out.
1: Perfect. Are you listening to music at all?
2: Um, it depends. It depends. Sometimes he will bring a little radio. Sometimes we just drink wine and we'll just or just whatever talk. it is and just talk and catch up. Because if you know my my world is very noisy in the sense of like there's a lot going on, right. and and I like to just kind of disconnect and just kind of just shoot the shit, talk with him and about everything. Just so, it, okay.
1: So we did the YouTube video. You recorded You and Pops. Then you strip the audio and you do a Carnicero podcast. I like that. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Josh here. Listen, on this episode, episode 42, I got the OG, Jorge, <laughs> el Oso. the legend, El Oso. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I love El Oso. This dude's had my back his whole life. You're going to love this. I hope you like this as much as I do. I hope, listen. At the bottom, share your relationship with Pops. I got lucky. You got lucky. You got a dad that you're completely the same with. I got dick, bro. Me and my dad are completely different. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Boom. Now we got two things, right? Yeah. Then, hold on, Joshua. Don't leave me yet. Then comes the, the Instagram, right? Not only are we posting pictures, now we got video. Now we got content. Okay, then we go to the LinkedIn world. Talk okay. about whatever you're talking, whatever meet hey, for your events, for your high end events. This is what happens because in events sometimes you, this is everything you know already. Then that goes to LinkedIn, and then to have fun, you put everything else on TikTok. Everybody's dancing it. on TikTok. I love you. It. You tell people, listen, you dance with my meets. I'm gonna hook you up with some whatever it is, bro. <laughs> You can't lose because what you're selling, unless they're vegetarians, which is very rare here in South Florida, you know what I mean? And you're going to win, bro. So just a little. That's my two cents, man. You can take it or leave it.
2: No, no, no. I think it's awesome. I think it's if I can execute on everything that you just said, I think it would take us to another level. You'll be a legend, bro. You Right now, you're crushing it. You'd be a legend, bro.
1: We've been speaking here now for an hour. And it seems like we've been talking for like 10 minutes. Dude.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, I get, I could talk. I tell people all the time, if you don't cut me off, I will talk and talk about stakes. And this, because I, I, I love it. It's fun oh, yeah. to me. And like, there's so many things that we could talk about um, when it comes to this. And, and by the way, you know, thank you for having me. And um, thanks for your consejos and everything that you're telling me. Because I know that you speak from, you speak from truth, from, from experience. I know that you do this yourself and you've seen success. So I admire that.
1: Hell yeah, bro! Thank you, man. Favorite movie? Liar, liar, dude! I would think it's Gangs from New York. Have you seen Gangs from New York?
2: It was Gangs Gangs of New New York. York. Have you seen it? Yes,
1: dude. Bill the Butcher has to be your favorite character. No, he's
2: one of the best, iconic (laughs) characters all time. Like you know, like all day, especially with the
1: meat stuff. Come on, bro! No,
2: no, no. And I've been him for Halloween a couple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew it. I knew it. No, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. I just favorite movie of all time. I like comedy. I like things that like you you're just laugh around. To, I like a comedy guy because I, I just I'm a whole other one. so big Jim Carrey fan, early Jim Carrey, not the crazy one today. Um not that he oh,
1: not that he's crazy, bro. What happens is that people evolve. And you're right, you're right. It's it's weird because he's in being, like you said, in being more about because now, weirdly enough, Jim Carrey's become motivational. But what's weird is we're all motivational. Then what happens is Hollywood is a whole different world. And a couple of heartbreaks the guys had, a couple tough situations. You start questioning because people, you're starting to see some of it now. There's some people before that gave Josh zero love. All of a sudden, now people are like, oh, Josh, what's up, dude? What's up? What's up? And you haven't even started to blossom. When you're Jim Carrey, the island that you live in gets smaller and smaller. So these dudes have to escape because they don't have maybe a cool pops like you. They don't have a good system to ground them because in LA, it's the wild, wild west out there. So the guy becomes an abstract painter to escape from whatever he's escaping on. The best thing you got going for you, even though I want you to quit the second job is that you're so humbled with your lifestyle that you can't escape to La La Land yet. But what the number one thing you probably didn't like in the yacht selling world was what? That you noticed that people that have a lot of money aren't really that happy. Did you notice that?
2: A lot of times, a lot of times I, I, I you saw purchases and there were toys and you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, th- th- that was part of it. That was part of it. I, I you know, I was, There's a lot of things that played into that, but yeah, there's a lot of people that you got to see that. And it goes back to, you know, money can't buy happiness. And um, I would say, I just didn't love what I did. I I didn't love what I was doing. I was doing it for money and I was doing it because I thought that the word yachts and luxury lifestyle would associate to making tons of money and all these things. But at the end of the day, it was just providing a service and selling, you know, a product, which you could take that and do it in different platforms. And I just said, I think that my skills better serve me in the medical world where it is an essential and not a luxury item. And I can, you know, impact lives, make a ton of money doing it. And I was like, I like it.
1: What kind of equipment are you selling by the way?
2: So mostly I deal with trauma units, critical care and trauma units. uh, A lot of like bedside procedure trays, um, different stuff in urology, you know, Stuff like that. A lot of, like, uh, cardio, cardio
1: And stuff. when you sell, you sell to doctors or office managers or hospitals?
2: Mostly hospitals. It's their purchasing teams because everything in the hospital is done by contracts. And they vet out, you know, who they work with. But, um, again, you know, I love this job. It's good at it. And it's not that, you know, I don't want to do this. And it's, I love my No, company, but the
1: goal is the other thing, bro. But the, the, um, the,
2: the, That's your baby. Like working, my, my baby is, just, is Josh's premium is JPM. My goal is to work for myself one day. I would love to, but you can't make rash decisions. We're in COVID still restaurants yeah, go step are closed. Step. Yeah, go step by step. I don't know what my real numbers are. I really don't because right now it's yeah. The company has these numbers, but restaurants aren't really back. You're still eating a lot at home. Not, you know, uh, people don't have that user like, uh, confidence, customer confidence to go back. Right. Uh, I want to see what, a year, a year and a half of real numbers are right. before I make any rushes. Because I'm giving up a career. That there's a guy and there's a hundred other guys waiting to take up my spot. They're waiting to take my spot because this is a really hard job, like arena to break into. And
1: I believe it. Trust me. I I I know it. Trust me. I do. I so do. before
2: I let go of my seat and what I built, I have to just be conservative on my approach. Not that I can't. I would bet on myself a hundred times. Right, right, how about right. that? I just want to make sure that we're doing it all at the right time.
1: Dude, I, how many employees do you have now? Six. Six. Three family or six
2: family? Five family.
1: Five family, okay. A...
2: And it's all because of COVID, because everyone got left without a job, and I was like, I need you. Let's, Let's grow go. together. We all eat together. We have good weeks. Everyone makes an extra bonus. We have a bad week, I buy lunch. It's all right. All right. <laughs> oh my god it doesn't matter you know like we all eat together we have fun together it's, it's all great
1: dude so the only way i could grab josh meats is by ordering it there and then i have to come home and cook it i can't i'm not you don't cook over there you said right so it's just i right buy it from a, you
2: it's just a, a a butcher distribution center like a store um we we do offer private chefs so there's a lot of end clientele that want to purchase meat from us to have this experience at home but they don't want to cook so i have chef billy g who i partner with i send him over look and at it, you buddy i love this love this and i send over the chef this guy everyone falls in love with him he is like your best friend instantly he's 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 like a big bear and um the guy competes in food and wine he's affordable nice and he's very versatile so you don't get like sick of like the same thing over and over and he makes us look good he elevates the experience so and I learned that early on. I was like, all right, I was at I got invited by the collection to do a Father's Day booth. And I, I was showing my meats, but a lot of the clients that like, come, come coming up to us, they're like, Do you have a chef? And I was like, A chef? What do you what do you mean? They're like, Oh, I I want this meat, but I don't want to cook it. I was like, time to get a chef. Time to build this get this building. dude. Um, I actually was shooting, I, I hired a photographer to do some some content. I wanted to get some like high-end content. The guy's like, All right, look. Who's going to cook the meat? I was like, What do you mean cook?" He's like, Yeah, you should have raw and then show it cooked. Before, and I was like, after- what? Yeah, he's like, And I was like, All right, who do you recommend? He's like, My f- friend, Chef Billy G. And after that, we hit it off. And now, you know, we partner up on so many different like cool projects and content. And things. he's become a very close okay. friend of mine.
1: That's your guy. That's your guy that you use for a lot of the videos, bro.
2: Yeah, it, he's he's a big part of JPM, and he, like a lot of my clients know him. And where's he from? Hire him. He's from Venezuela. Young guy like me. So a que se llama Billy G. Chef Billy G. Chef Billy G. His name's Andres, but somehow or another, it, Billy G. Falls into hey,
1: it. Billy, it's, it chamo, it chamo. He's hey, Venezuelan. Hey,
2: hey, yeah, and he's hey, he's such a good dude. He helps a lot of people, and in the in our little culinary world, a lot of people know who he is. So
1: that is awesome. That is awesome last two questions Josh Josh what makes you happy bro
2: what makes me happy um I would say what makes me uh, are we talking about business like in JPM or just in general? In
1: anything anything in general
2: I think it's um it's something that you and I spoke to spoke about off this show I think uh, helping others and providing experiences for others I think that um, in helping and in providing experience for other people there, it's a lot. Of, it's very rewarding to, to hear positive feedback on how you you know changed someone's life or improved it. Or, or there was a steak I sold someone that ended up being the best dinner that he's had with his wife because it was a happy moment. Like we created that. So I think uh, helping others definitely that's help, that's what makes me happy is just providing an experience for other people. That and doing what I love. If I could do this the rest of my life, I'll be happy. If I could finally just do this, it'll 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 set me free and and be able to just create. And continue this path that that we're on, and I, it's the funnest one. Awesome, by far.
1: Josh, any questions for me, bro? Anything I can help you with? Anything that you've thought of that I can bring you value, man?
2: You know what? Since I, I I don't know how many young individuals you've interviewed, especially at our point. But what do you think are the biggest mistakes that young, hungry, ambitious business owners make at at an early stage? What do you think is the big or? The biggest or maybe the things that they should have done, not what they didn't do, but maybe what they missed on. I would love to hear your input on that, you know, because I definitely would take that advice.
1: You're doing everything right, bro. The biggest mistake people make is they do something because it's money. They do something to impress other people especially us dudes, especially Latin dudes, because we have testosterone, we have machismo and we're in Miami and we want to pop off and God forbid you're selling meats in your uh, garage and say, I'm going to be a loser. And that's where we're losing. If you understand, which you don't have these problems, you don't compete against anybody. You're humble enough to still get up and work for somebody else while having this awesome opportunity And you're not ready to jump ship yet because you are stable. You have a steady head on yourself and you're not comparing yourself to anybody, bro. So the biggest mistake I see young people make is they lack patience. You don't have that problem. You have a lot of patience. You're like, bro, listen, I've been here for seven years. I'm not going to mess up a good thing right now. So that's number one, man. Number two, impressing other people. Number three, they're not honest with themselves. So they don't want to go on social because... They're popping off. Biggest thing that's worked for me is I'm the biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball. My dad beat the shit out of me because I wouldn't hit a baseball all the time. I used to pee in my bed till I was like 14, 13 years old, bro, because of the trauma of that occurring. My mom would have to take out my mattress outside of the house and dry it because I would pee on the bed at nighttime. I didn't know that would be uh, trauma from that. I had relation issues with women because if my mom allowed my dad to beat the shit out of me, I can't trust her. So I can't trust anybody. So that that honesty, the fact that when I started being Coach HP, I helped people so much, and when I started, friends of mine lied to me in my face. But who do you think you are? Hey, walking, imagine check check this out, Josh. Imagine walking around with a camera, in Miami baseball, vlogging at 38 years old bro how do she's that and everybody coming after me because there was no buddy using social like i was so everybody's like who does this guy think he is bro who's this guy he's coming in <laughs> okay as an astronaut All
2: right, this, so guy's, fucking, this <laughs> guy's a fucking space cut you know
1: <laughs> humbleness to do that which you have and then when i started friends of mine lied to me in my face then my profile got a little bit higher Strangers start lying to me in my face. Now, I have celebrities lie to me in my face. What does lie to my face is? I'll give you an example. Josh, I'm a real known celebrity. I have... This is an example. I'm going to just throw this out there. John Taffer. I've been DMing John Taffer to do this. You know John Taffer's? I, I don't, but... You know the guy from Bar Rescue?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So that's John Taffer.
2: Oh, okay, 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 okay.
1: Love that dude! Love, hey, love, love, love. That's that a dude.
2: great show too. Yeah,
1: I love his energy. I love his vibe. Whatever, whatever. When I DM him after my persistence, he could care less about Coach HP. He don't know who Coach HP is whatever. When I meet people, I have a feeling of good. My over, my feeling of good and to help takes over everything, and that starts with I feel like I've known you my whole life, and I've only spoken to you for yesterday. We spoke for. Nine minutes. Today, we're at an hour 15, and I feel like I've known you my whole life, and I bring that energy to you because I want you to win, and I want you to be successful. I want you to be as successful and as even more as happy as I am. So that's my energy. But to John Taffer, I'm just a regular dude. Till he tastes your meat. Till people taste your meat, now they know. Till they sit down with me, right? So the biggest, hardest thing is to get rejected. But to me, it doesn't matter because there's three things I can control. You ready for this? I can control my effort. I can control my attitude. That's it. I don't care what you look like, where you're from. If you're Cuban, if you're black, if you're Asian, if you're American, the two things we can control is my effort and my attitude. And then the third thing that I just added, maybe... Two months ago is expectations, bro. I try my best. I spoke to Omar. I go, Omar, I like that guy, bro. He's a cool dude. I'm gonna have him. Can you talk to him? I want to, I want to get him on the show. If Omar, if if Omar doesn't come through and you sell me out today, I'm not gonna hate you. I'm not gonna go, oh fuck Josh Meets, man. Ugh. I'll be like, look, he's another guy to add to the story. It's a two way you know- street, bro.
2: And when it comes to social, I'll tell you this, um, I run my own page and I love talking to everyone, people like, oh, you should pay someone. The amount of questions you guys get, And I was like, never, never. I never want to be so big that I can't like answer the questions and be able to just, you know, respond to people like that looks amazing because that's part of the entire, you know, being real with people. I mean, but I, I, I don't know. I don't like those responses that you got from those people. I don't think that that's authentic. I don't think that's real. I think those are cop-out answers that those people are just like preset buttons and they just treat anyone like a like a just a, a, like a regular Joe Schmo and dude. And guy- another
1: thing to answer your question, real quick before I forget this. And I tell this to people all the time, and, and I saw it, and I see it today in the baseball world. <laughs> right now, this is so big, bro. So big. Right now, your future Josh meets. What people start doing is they start getting lazy. They immediately, and I see this in the baseball world a lot, they quit whatever they're doing. They're like, listen, I'm going to do baseball. They are All of us, the majority of them, start doing baseball lessons. That gets really old super quick. So they start selling online courses. They start selling their T-shirts. They start getting anything kind of revenue. They start creating camps. Monetize
2: anything. Monetize, monetize anything. They monetize
1: everything. There's some dudes out there that look like Ricky Bobby. You know the NASCAR drivers that have the <laughs> thousand things? <laughs> yeah. Because what happens is you lose that touch that you have right now that people t- feel you. Instead of providing a service, what you're doing is you're solicitating. And it's literally hardcore, hardcore, hardcore. It's if all of a sudden now you and Billy G, Billy G, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Billy G. You, Billy G all of a sudden go, listen, Billy G, well, I'm struggling, bro. Let's start pushing you as a chef and let's start, let's charge $500. So every one of your announcements would be, Hey guys, listen. So, uh, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. Right. I mean, you don't cook. You don't really, do you really know how to cook? You got to hire Billy G because Billy G and that's what people do, bro. The more you don't do that, the more you start educating people on cholesterol and how to eat meat the right way, you're going to win.
2: I agree with you. Not being so like in people's face and not so intense. And, and I, I don't know, just letting people fall in love with the product on their own, just shooting it and, and let it be genuine. Let them, you know, our, our, page, i never bought followers. I never bought likes and I never bought views because I, I wanted something real. I was like, these people that do that, you're just lying to yourself. You're lying to the page. You're lying to like your brand because at the end of the day you stand for nothing. You have no foundation. You, yeah. you, you look like a, a crooked building because one little thing, one competitor is going to put you out of business because, percent, like, you know, and if a competitor, I would, people are like, Oh, but there's a lot of companies popping up now. And I was like, listen, if these companies put us out of business, then you know what we want. You weren't that company? good
0: enough. Yeah. We weren't, weren't that good.
2: good we, I, I, I say it to everyone and we weren't that good, you know, and, and it's, it's going to happen. And it only competition, brings out the best of us because you know now my game's got to be better we got to be you know we got to cut better we got to get better source better products we got to stay on our a-game because people are waiting to just take us off
1: dude and you only compete at the end of the day this is what i tell people everybody criticized me at this and then i go listen you only compete against one person bro yourself it's the only person that matters yourself 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 bros great talk dude i Last story. I'm going to leave you with a last story. Might go in the thing or not, but I want you to hear this. Oregon State reaches out to me. Okay? I'm speaking at UM camp. The year that I met Omar Delgado, I'm speaking at UM camp. Is that Toro coming in the door?
2: Yeah. Torito, come here. Torito. No, he took off. He's like, oh,
1: no, we want to get him some airtime.
2: Babe, Babe, Torito. bring him over here. They want to meet him.
1: A Toro, bring Toro in there. Come on. Come
2: here. I can't. I'm tied to this computer. Look at this guy! Look at this guy! He's 14 pounds of muscle, right here! Oh
1: my god, that el is Torito! F- Say hello to Miss Josh's Meats for me, too. Wait,
2: first lady of Wagyu over here. The first high. lady of Wagyu. <laughs> so, Torito, hey, the yo. legend. Look at him, man! That's
1: what I'm talking about. I love it. I love it.
2: Toro. Ah,
1: toro. I love it. I- Listen, coach. the last thing I'm gonna ask you before we go, you're gonna. I want to taste. Josh meets, but I want you to cook it.
2: Let's do it. Like I told you, and I know that this one we're going to do on the computer, but I would love for us to sit down, just a very casual barbecue, and I want to just walk you through the different levels and, and show you the difference. I want you to know, like, all right, this is what a 4-5 score, a 6-7, an 8-9, and, and and so you can see how this works and the different flavor profiles and different cuts, and I think I think it's an awesome experience that you would love.
1: Let's do it, brother. My man, thank you so much. Godspeed, success, man. Keep it going. I'm here for you. Anything you need, you got me, bro.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it means a lot. I, I don't
1: I don't hesitate. All right, my bro, man. All
2: right, we'll bro. be in
1: touch, bro. Have a good night. You too. Take care. Okay. Bye. Hold
0: up. What was that?